Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. Representatives from the National Congress of American Indian Youth Commission say they are ready to pick up the torch on critical issues like climate change, missing and murdered indigenous people, tribal consultation, and health disparities. The two co-presidents of the commission expressed their enthusiasm for tackling Native issues during NCI's State of Indian Nations Address event. We'll hear from Native youth leaders after National Native News. National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The leader of one of 11 federally recognized tribes in Wisconsin has delivered the annual State of the Tribes speech at the Capitol building in Madison. The tribes are calling for more cooperation on health care, casino revenue, and protecting the environment. Chuck Kornbach of Station WUWM reports. Robert Van Zyl is chairman of the Sakagan Chippewa community. One thing he told Wisconsin's governor and about 130 lawmakers is that tribes receive very limited funds from the federal Indian Health Services Program. Van Zyl says that makes it tough to hire and keep health care providers. Wage pressure and difficulty recruiting medical talent, rural areas are really hurting and hindering quality care. Van Zyl asks for a change in Wisconsin law that would allow nurse practitioners to work without supervision from physicians. On gaming, Van Zyl calls for more state regulation and consumer protection related to gambling machines at non-tribal taverns. He also asks for tribes to be able to keep more revenue from their casinos and share less with the state, allowing tribes to invest in diversifying their economy. For our tribes to make strides toward economic self-sustainability, we must diversify our economic engines beyond casino revenue. Fenzel also requests that Wisconsin officials let tribes add their expertise to battling contamination from so-called forever chemicals known as PFAS that may threaten many fish. He says the pollution may hurt the Wisconsin tradition of Friday night fish fries might just require a Mr. Yuck sign, sticker to prevent people from poisoning themselves. Wisconsin is sitting on a growing state budget surplus, but Republicans controlling the legislature have warned that Democratic Governor Tony Evers is proposing too much spending. How that battle plays out this spring could affect calls for more state tribal cooperation. I'm Chuck Kornbach. Three Alaska Native mushers were the first to finish the Iditarod Tuesday. Ryan Reddington crossed the Burled Arch in Nome just after noon. He finished the 1,000-mile sled dog race from Anchorage to Nome in 8 days, 21 hours, 12 minutes, and 58 seconds. Pete Kaiser of Bethel came in in about an hour and a half later, followed by Richie Deal of Antioch. Reddington is Anupiat, Kaiser Yupik, and Deal, Denina at the Baskin. Another Alaska Native, Mike Williams Jr. of Akiak, is still in the race. His his father, Mike Williams Sr., was a gnome for the finish. Williams said he's proud to see not just one, but three native mushers at the top. It's a joy. It's something very special. One, two, three. And it says a lot that 
busing is still alive uh, in our communities. Williams, whose Yupik has run the Iditarod 15 times, he says he entered his first race in 1992 because the number of native mushers was in sharp decline, mainly because they could not afford to compete against a new class of well-financed professional mushers. Williams said the traditional use of dogs for hunting and trapping was key to survival and required a mastery of the land in one of the harshest environments on the planet. He says the Iditarod is a reminder of the culture behind the sport. Williams has also run many I did rods with Ryan Reddington's grandfather, Joe, who founded the race. Although many members of the Reddington family have competed in the race, Ryan is the first to claim the trophy, which bears the image of his late grandfather. Mike Williams Jr. has about 150 miles to go before reaching Nome. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Support by the Gathering of Nations Powwow, a live event taking place April 27th, 28th, and 29th on the powwow grounds of Expo New Mexico, featuring song, dance, trader's market, horse parade, and more. Tickets available at gatheringofnations.com and at the gates. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. During this year's State of Indian Nations address by the National Congress of American Indians, members of the Youth Commission gave their address and asked leaders of Indian country to give them a voice and include them in community advocacy, policy change, and storytelling. Native leadership at the highest levels are working to make a place for young people to express their voices and make their priorities known. Today we'll hear from some of those voices and hear the priorities of those who will take us into the future. How do you see Native youth growing into leaders for you and your people? What message would you give to future leaders of Native America? We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Joining us now from Ithaca, New York is Yanenui Logan. She's a co-president of the National Congress of American Indians Youth Commission and a junior at Cornell University. She's Deer Clan from the Seneca Nation of Indians. Yanenui, welcome to Native America Calling. Hi, Nyawiskano. Thank you for having me. And joining us from Mesa, Arizona is Caleb Dash. He's a co-president of the NCAI Youth Commission and production assistant with Unity, the United National Indian Tribal Youth. He's a member of the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community. Caleb, welcome to Native America Calling as well. What's up, Hey, what's up? <laughs> Not much. I'm looking forward to this discussion for sure. And Yanenui, let's go ahead and start with you. Tell us a little bit more about the Youth Commission. Who are some of the other commission members? I was elected um, this past November, so we're still fairly new in getting our bearings, but uh, the co-presidents consist of me and Caleb. Our co-vice presidents are um, Charlie Earth and Isaiah Watuma, 
And then our public relations officer is Sharon Bissett, and our um, secretary is Madison Brown. Um, two of us each come from, or there's pairs of from the same nation. So we have three nations um, represented um, on the Youth Commission. And what are some of the big issues that the commission is focusing on right now? Yeah, so a lot of the work we're um, doing has kind of been uh, led on from the last commission to um, our biggest thing is really just promoting youth engagement and leadership. Uh, right now we're discussing establishing a travel scholarship uh, for students to attend the NTAI conferences. Um, a lot of what we do at our conferences is leadership development. We have sessions on policy, educating on issues in Indian country, networking, professional development, higher education, um, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. And so we really think that it's important that kids can come to these conferences and see what opportunities they have. Um, also, we're, we're talking about establishing um, a coalition for, for Native youth and through webinars or town halls. Um, but we're, we're also tuning into um, a couple of policy issues that I'm sure we'll get to, but consist of ICWA and um, climate change and, you know, just really the whole broad spectrum of issues that everyone is concerned with that we think the youth need to have a voice on. Now, in addition to the officers, how many other members, how large is the Youth Commission at NCAA? How many people? Well, I don't think we have a number. It varies every conference. Um, we we kind of need to um, establish like a, a registration for like infinity and beyond because we we have the six commission officers um, and we don't have a, a base um, population for the youth commission. It's just us six reaching out and um, to different groups really. Um, but we're hoping to kind of bring in more engagement and get people to, to consistently come and you know, talk with us and let us know what their issues are and how we can support their communities and, you know, do something. And how are you selected to to be on the commission? Uh, we have an election. So um, uh, before our annual conference, um, every two years, we um, submit a application with an essay and our resume and recommendations. Um, and then when the conference comes up, we have an election and we, we um, deliver a speech with our um, priorities and our proposal for, you know, what, what issues we want to stand up for and why we think that this, this role is, is important. Um, and then they ask us a few questions to the, the um, advisors and people involved in NCI. They ask us questions about, you know, what does it mean to be a leader and why, why do we want to be here? What are some of the issues we want to focus on? And we speak in front of um, all of the youth that come to our conferences and they vote for us. And, you know, it's a really great community program and we're able to, to forge some really good relationships there. And it's really great that um, our commission, um, we were full of some really motivated and, and interesting and diverse people. Well, Yenena, we thank you for kicking us off, and we definitely want to learn more uh, about some of these initiatives, especially, as you mentioned, ICWA and some of these other policy issues that the Youth Commission is, is pressing forward. But I also want to bring in Caleb now. And Caleb, earlier this year, earlier this year excuse me, you and Yenena, we spoke at the State of Indian Nations Address. Uh, that's uh, through the National Congress of American Indians. Tell us about that experience. You guys were on C-SPAN all over the place. Yeah, it was. It was quite an honor to do it, to be honest. You know, the Youth Commission's 
barely been on the uh, State of Indian Nations address since the last Youth Commission, which started it. And so it's been quite an honor and uh, quite an experience to be able to, you know, represent our peers as Indigenous youth all around the country because, you know, we are the... I like to say we are the future, but the future is now at the same time, you know, you hear that a lot. And so it was quite a bit overwhelming, like being up there with all those tribal leaders and President Fawn Sharp, she did amazing. Like it was, it was quite an experience just talking up there, just representing my fellow peers and my youth commission officers and just being able to state what, you know, needs to be said. And the event was held at uh, National Museum of the American Indian there in Washington, D.C. Yep. Uh, were you able to go and check out the museum and, and do some other things uh, during uh, that whole time you were in D.C. that week? Yeah, we checked it out. It was really nice. It was quite a lovely place. You know, the cool thing about that museum is there's actually some traditional huts right outside of it. And then right, if you look forward, you see the Capitol building and it's just crazy knowing, you know, yes, this is where Congress comes together, but they're also on our lands. You know, we've always been here. And so it's just cool seeing that. And then going through the museum, you see the different arts, you see the different stories from all these other different cultures, you know, we're all here on Turtle Island, but we all have different languages, different songs, different stories, different ways of living, different lifestyles, you know, and it just shows how big Indian country is and how different we are from one another, yet we still face all these issues together as one. Well, Caleb, what was it that first inspired you to take on this leadership role with the NCAI Youth Commission? Well, uh, I'd have to say for me, it was probably just, I don't know, a lot of my friends always were like, you got to represent us, you know, you got to represent Salt River, you got to represent our people. And even my grandparents were always saying, you know, you, you got to learn these things, you got to be there, you got to be, you got to show up as President Fawn stated in her State of Indian Nations address, you got to show up. And so I showed up to NCAI uh, since I've been showing up since 2018. And uh, ever since then, I've gotten to know the past Youth Commission officers, you know, got to know how the whole dynamic works. And I was actually kind of interested in it. And so this year I, I decided to run. And it was, it was interesting because, you know, when you run, uh, the people choose your position you you can run for a position but it's you know there's an elder a tribal elder uh a tribal leader and a fellow youth and so they get to choose where they think you should be on the youth commission whether it be a co-president a co-vice president secretary or a public relations officer and so you never know what you're gonna do you know but it's 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 pretty interesting and just knowing, you know, you could do the best that you can and that's what you give back to the people. So mm. that's what I was always told. But Yeah, that's uh, some really good insights there. And, and I didn't know that, that you actually you ran and then but the actual office that you serve in, that's uh, that's selected by somebody else. So that's a really unique way to hold 
an election. And Caleb, what are some specific priorities for, for Native youth that, um, that people just aren't talking about, but they need to be talking about? Things that we need to know about that you and Yenenui and others are working on right now? I'd have to say one of them would definitely be climate change. I know you said that isn't really talked about, but I'm going to go a bit into this is just climate change. It affects all of us, no matter where we are on this planet, no matter what juvet or land we're on. It just, everybody talks about it, but that's all it gets to, you know? And so I see like a lot of projects that youth are doing are trying to start in their own communities, just having cleanups, whether it be along a river, a road, a canal, um, and just trying to, you know, clean the earth and preserve it because, you know, us as indigenous people, we're connected to all the plants, all the wildlife, the rocks, the sky, you know, we're connected to it all. And so it's just protecting those lands that we've always held so dear. Another issue I'd say would probably be like financial literacy. That's kind of one of the things I'm interested in. You know, you see native youth get out of high school and they don't know what to do. And so you, what you see is they stay like, you know, with their parents or grandparents. Some of them try to go out, but they go in debt from college funds or they mm -hmm. go in debt from having an apartment. Things are getting expensive and gas is going up like crazy. <laughs> and, it and certainly so, is. It certainly is. We're going to have to take a break. I'm sorry, Caleb, but you're speaking to my heart when you mentioned financial literacy as a priority for sure, because that's definitely in my wheel well. Folks, we are talking with two dynamic young Native leaders who are on our show today, Caleb Dash and Yanenui Logan. They are both co-presidents at NCAI Youth Commission. We'll be right back. Peterson Zah was a voice of stability and growth following a politically turbulent time for the Navajo Nation in the 1980s. His vision led to economic strength and inspired thousands of Navajo students to go to college. Zah died at the age of 85 this month. We'll remember his contributions on the next Native America Calling. Boujou, if you are 45 years or older, it may be time to talk with a healthcare professional about colon cancer screening. Medicare, Medicaid, and the marketplace have you covered. For more information, visit healthcare.gov or call 800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking with members of the National Congress of American Indians Youth Commission today. Young people like these are the next leaders, and they're taking on big issues while looking into the future. Do you have a message for future leaders of Indian country? Join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. Or if you would just like to give a shout out to one of our youth leaders today, give us a call. Again, the number 1-800-996-2848. Yanenui Logan is co-president of the National Congress of American Indians Youth Commission. She's one of our guests today. And uh, Yanenui, you know, what is it, um, what have you learned so far about leadership since taking on this role at NCAI? Well, I honestly, I learned that um, the biggest part, Caleb kind of hit up on this, but it's showing up. 
Um, I, I know that a lot of the work that needs to be done is just organizing. So organizing the space for youth to be able to talk about their issues, um, giving them the platform to express their needs and express their concerns. Um, I know a lot of the time on the Youth Commission, we are doing advocacy for ourselves. Um, and that's, you know, that's the biggest part. It's like we have to be supporting one another. We have to be vocal and we have to be expressing our needs at every turn. Um, but that's really, I mean, uh, it's also about community. Um, I learned a lot about the, the power of community, the power and strength in numbers um, and how much you can get done when you have a lot of motivated people and specifically a lot of motivated youth. You know, we all want to see change and we all want to be able to hear our needs being met and, um, you know, uniting in that front um, is really powerful. You know, we People born between 1997 and 2010, like yourself, are often referred to as Generation Z, or in some cases, you'll hear the term iGen. What's something older people just don't understand about your generation? <laughs> um, I think that we are really invested in, in change and that we're really invested in the future. Um, I know a lot of times um, our, our requests are... Um, decided by um, older generations and generations that don't understand the, the need for the need for change or um, the need for just uh, just development in some certain areas um, but we're really motivated people and we have a really great understanding of our history and our um, lived experiences that that need to be advocated for I think that this is a really great generation of um, advocates for climate change, for social change, for um, just injustices around the world. And one thing that I, um, I definitely see um, in my own community is just like talking to your elders and getting them to think that, um, or getting them to agree with you and listening to their stories and telling your own too, you know? Um, I think our voices is just as much needed and um, that, that advocacy is, at the heart of you know what what is what's different what's going on and what are we what are we thinking about well tell us a little bit more uh, about these issues such as ICWA and the climate change uh, agenda that you folks on the commission are working on yeah so with the indian child welfare act um the the initiatives on the youth commission started um on our last term our formal uh, former co-president jessica lambert she um was really passionate about about um, advocating for these issues. And so we wanted to continue this work. Um, she was working on establishing an advisory board for NCAI's ICWA policy, um, kind of in collaboration with uh, CNAY, the Center for Native American Youth. Uh, they're building communities of hope fellows that working in conjunction with them to have an advisory committee, have youth um, speaking out support and um, speaking at various, um, at, at various times but um, that kind of was an initiative that she brought on and that we're continuing the work here because um, youth, I mean, it, it's, a, it's an issue at its core that's affecting youth. And for us, it's about advocating for one another, supporting one another and making sure that this is not just an issue that's happening to youth now, but in the future, um, this issue affects tribal sovereignty and it affects our leadership and our, um, 
our use for initiative and I, you know that's something that we're really passionate about here on the youth commission um along mm -hmm. with uh climate change i mean this is another i mean policy issue that is um looked at in various different policies but recently with the willow project um the project that's eight billion dollars was just approved by um, president biden in alaska for that's inciting climate destruction and food insecurity and I, I'm really gonna um, soon kind of encourage our youth commission to step up, and we need to we need to organize something around this because this is not okay, and this is gonna going to affect so many Native people and so many of our relatives, and um, we need to step up and be there for them. Um, in our backyard, in my backyard specifically, we have initiatives and um, preservation efforts that are going on all the time, and so I you know I definitely see the need for um, helping out in in, in situations. Absolutely. And one thing as well, not only are these just such important issues that you folks are tackling, but they're, they're really challenging issues. And you've got, you know, a lot of, of resistance. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Willow Project and how much money is involved in that and ICWA as well. There's a lot of legal challenges to that right now. And, and I want to bring Caleb back into the conversation. And Caleb, ask you, you know, what are some of these threats that could derail the progress that you and Yenenui and your peers are making on some of these challenging issues, such as ICWA, such as climate change, and others? Well, you know, a lot of it would actually be backlash because you have all these different corporations with all their money, you know, getting all these lawyers, and they're just fighting us. And so one of the things that we have to do you know, not just as a youth commission, but with NCI as a whole, is just fight back. <laughs> we have to, you know, we have to show up. We have to, we have to keep fighting the good fight and just protecting our land with tribal sovereignty. You know, mm -hmm. our sovereignty is constantly challenged with ICWA and these different land grant grabs. You know, there, I believe that uh, Willow Project is going to be producing, I believe, 17.2 million um, tons of carbon dioxide or something like that into the air every year just because of that one project alone. And so we're going to have to deal with those repercussions and air quality, not just up there in Alaska, but all around us. And you see that all around where, you know, pieces of land are being grabbed. There's still tribes that aren't even federally recognized. And so it's just dealing with that. Well, Caleb, I really like what you say, uh, fighting back, showing up, and that sounds great, but but tell us a little bit more in terms of, of how you're going to make this work. You know, what, is, uh, what are your strategies here? How are you organizing? How is the Youth Commission mobilizing other Native youth? Because again, I mean, these are a really big opponents that you're facing off against in some of these issues. Well, I know one way is through our initiatives. You know, we like to create different initiatives to, like, get, you know, more public opinion. So one thing that we use is a big social media tool. <laughs> we like to tell youth, you know, keep them informed. We like to try and invite more people. That's why our scholarship program that we're trying to start, we hope, will get up to get more youth to come and attend. And so that way they could be more informed and, you know, we could, from there on, we could help tribal nations, you know, just working with them one-on-one -on -one is one of our big, like, uh, policies that we want to get is just working together coherently and cohesively rather than apart from one another. Mm. 
Good point. Good point. Caleb, earlier I asked Yuninui, uh for her perspectives on being a member of the Gen Z generation or the iGen. And, you know, you mentioned social media and some of these tools, information technology tools that you folks have at your disposal. And I just want to ask you, it's just kind of a fun question, but do you ever think about what your life would be like if you had grown up in an earlier generation without internet, without cell phones, without social media? Who would Caleb Dash be? I have. I've honestly thought about it uh, on the constant. I've thought about times where I'd be like a rancher, you know, kind of just <laughs> living with my grandparents, kind of just helping them, you know, butcher sheep, make gardens, you know, kind of just wash over that. But I guess I'd still be the same me, you know. I feel like I'd always still want to just push and advocate for youth and just have our voice heard. I feel like if I were born in those generations, I'd probably get in a lot of trouble for some of the things that I want to push for, you know, just like, we need to watch over the earth, you know, we need to watch over this or that, we need to help each other, we shouldn't be, you know, hurting anyone, we shouldn't be, you know, talking back to our elders or anything, we need to listen to them, and we need to listen to each other. But in the past, you've seen sometimes things don't go as planned or people, you know, get in arguments that stop these great movements. And so I just feel like I'd still be, I'd still be me. Yeah. And I think you'd still be a leader in a different way, but you would still definitely be out there advocating on behalf of, of your community and your people. Uh, Yenenui, I want to ask you uh, about your family uh, and the community you come from there in New York and, and any mentors you have who help guide you in your goals and your ambitions. Yeah, I mean, I think my mom is the biggest one. My mom's Leslie Logan, dear clan from the Seneca Nation. Um, she's here with me at Cornell, and she motivates me and pushes me all the time, and sometimes a little too much. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need a break. But she's been a great um you know, figure in my life that's really been inspiring. And um, uh, along with that, um, a lot of my um, peers in my community, a lot of the, the youth in my community that I grew up playing lacrosse with and that I grew up going to school with and I grew up in language programs with, like they're, they have some really awesome initiatives that they're working on in school or in immersion programs or in like the the um, tribal council, like they, there's a lot of youth that are off to, or have really great um, things going, and they they push me too. And the youth that don't, you know, that's that's who I'm doing it for. Um, but yeah, my mom, my youth, um, my family in general, um, they're all really great, and I, I'm really privileged and lucky to have such a great support system. Um, that, you know, affirms me and my, my push for leadership and my push for advocacy. And you attend Cornell University, an Ivy League school. Is there a large or significant Native American presence on campus? Um, relatively. Um, we have a great program. Honestly, we have great support resources, but um, we're always pushing for more numbers. We're always pushing for more admitted students. Um, we we sometimes struggle with um, identity issues in predominantly white institutions and how Native people are identifying and how they are connected to their Native lands or how they're connected to their communities. And so that's something that we really want to um, encourage and welcome students applying to Cornell that 
you know, they have a place here no matter what their connection is. And um, we're going to support you and we're going to offer you the resources that are offered for everyone. And um, I'm really lucky to be a leader in, in the Native community at Cornell and to be just a community member and in, in relation with all of these great folks. What are you studying and what are your goals after graduation? I'm studying environment sustainability. Um, I'm in the humanities, so a lot of what I um, study and research is the um, this, the social impacts of climate change and the cultural um, knowledge that comes from environmental issues um, or that inspires environmental issues. But um, I minor in American Indian Studies. Uh, a lot of the classes in the American Indian Studies program here have been the best and most interesting and funnest classes I've taken here. Um, along with that, I minor in fashion, um, but that's just like a hobby. After school, I'm considering law school, um, but I still have a little ways to go. I'm in my junior year and um, just studying a lot of what I research is storytelling and how can we use storytelling to, to motivate um, climate solutions or just indigenous advocacy. It's a good strategy. They say uh, one of the most effective ways to get somebody to change their perspective is through a story. You can throw data at them all day long, but it's the stories that, that really resonate with people. So thank you, Yaninui, for, for those insights. And Caleb, I understand you're getting ready to go back to school as well. Yeah, I'm actually planning on attending Scottsdale Community College to get my associates knocked out with. And you're also working with Unity. Tell us more about your role there with the, with the whole uh, conference and all the different events that Unity does throughout the year. Yeah, so Unity is the United National Indian Trouble Youth Organization, and I am a production assistant. And I like to say I do a little bit of everything um, from sponsorships to, you know, writing a few articles to a bit of graphics, you know, just a little bit here and there. Um, but we're actually getting ready for our national conference, which is going to be in Washington, D.C., uh, June 30th through July 4th. And so I'm excited for that. But, you know, Unity's main goal is to help youth with youth empowerment and leadership development skills. And we have a lot of good programs for that, you know, like our Earth Ambassadors that advocate, you know, for different things regarding like seed, uh, seed loss prevention or, you know, growing traditional foods, and just like tribal sovereignty with their land and water rights. And so that's just one little group in the organization, but we have our executive committee, the National Unity um, Council, and they do a lot of like different initiatives or policies that they want done and with all of Indian country as a whole. And so they do a lot of great work with youth as well. And Caleb, tell us about your family, mentors, role models. Who do you look up to? My mom. I love my mom. My mom's amazing. She, she's, she's a single mom. My dad died when I was young, and so I just have to commend her. Like, I look up to her. She's taught me almost everything that I know, you know. Uh, like, I wouldn't be who I am without my mom. She's She's the most wonderful person to me. Like, I look up to her a lot. She's a public fiduciary, so that's where I get a lot of my, like, financial advice from is my mom, uh, how to spend my money wisely, you know, and then just 
I don't know. She always took me to all my baseball games growing up and everything, and I'm just like, that time management that she had, I I try to take that, like, just learn from her just how she did it because I love my mom. <laughs> Caleb, I think that there are Native mothers uh, all over <laughs> the country who are listening to the show right now, and tears are streaming uh, down their cheeks because you're just so sincere with regard to, to how you – uh, show respect to your mother and you as well, Yenenui, and your mother. And I know she's a huge fan of yours and, and really supportive of all of your leadership and everything that you've accomplished. And we are going to have to take another short break, but our phone lines are open. So any listeners, if you want to give a shout out to Yenenui or to Caleb, what are you waiting for? Give us a call. We've got our producers. They're standing by. We'll take your calls. We'll get your comments on the air. The number 1-800-996-2848. I'll give it to you again. Give us a call. 1-800-996-2848. Get out that phone. Give us a call. 1-800-99-NATIVE. We'll get your comments on the air. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Support by the Sioux Trading Post, whose special selection of dried herbs are chosen for superior quality, and many sage, sweetgrass braids, and red willow bark and cedar are wild-crafted. All available at SiouxTrading.com. Wopila. Support by Ramona Farms, offering wholesome and delicious foods from our heirloom crops as our contribution to a better diet for the benefit of all people. We are honored to share our centuries-old farming and culinary traditions online at RamonaFarms.com. You're tuned in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking with Native leaders today, and there's still time to join our conversation. Do you feel positive about how young Native people are stepping up as leaders in your community? Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. Yenenui Logan is co-president of the National Congress of American Indians Youth Commission, and she's a junior at Cornell University you know, we, I understand you're also interested in uh, some of these land-grant issues at land-grant universities such as Cornell. Tell us more about it. Yeah, um, so I attend Cornell, um, and they are, as far as we know, the largest beneficiary of stolen land um, by the Morrill Act. And um, what the Morrill Act did was they, um, they facilitated stolen land to sell land scripts um, given to states that to establish schools. And, um, you know, the purpose of these land-grant institutions was to um, support and to provide support and resources to the community. Um, but what our problem with the indigenous community is that a lot of the land that was taken um, was dispossessed from native communities, displaced people, and, um, you know, we have a huge issue with that. So with that land um, being given up or not being given up, but being stolen, being um, unrightfully taken from Native people, we um, in present day want to know, like, what are these land grant institutions providing resources and support for for their Indigenous communities? Um, where are the reparations, you know? But if, if, you're, if your mission is to provide the support, um, we just want to see that that come to fruition. Um, there was a great article um, uh, written by Leon Atone in High Country News that talks about the land grant, the land grab um, issue, and um, it provides great um, insight for for why this why this issue needs national attention. And so, um, stepping onto the uh, NCI Youth Commission, I was really um, 
encouraged to bring this issue to attention and to see through what support um, resources we could have on this issue. Um, there aren't many leaders, um, tribal leaders in Indian country that are familiar with this. And so um, I think it's really integral to promote education, awareness, and tribal engagement to learn what are our tribe's requests, as well as the youth who attend the institutions, what do we want to see happen? Um, mm -hmm. And what, what demands do we have from these institutions? So that's, that's a really big thing that I'm, I'm working, I'm going to start working with um, the Cornell uh, University Indigenous Dispossession Committee to talk about um, what, what this might look like. Well, it's a good issue, and I know these are, are conversations that are occurring on college campuses all over the United States with regard to, to land-grant issues and other issues impacting Native communities and, of course, Native students. Let's go ahead and go to the phones now. We have Jackie, who is listening on KNBA in Anchorage, Alaska. Hello, Jackie. Welcome to Native America Calling. Hello from Alaska. Hi, Jackie. Thanks for calling in. Do you have a shout-out for uh, one of our youth I leaders today? I do for both of them. I just want to encourage them to continue the wonderful work they're doing, the advocacy, and the visions that, you know, they see the interconnections to all these things. Um, so I'm very encouraged about our future, and I just want to encourage them to continue their hard work. And, um, yeah, wonderful show today. All righty. Thank you so much, Jackie. Appreciate you calling in. Caleb, would you like to respond to Jackie up in Anchorage, Alaska? Yeah, thank you so much, Jackie. <laughs> Glad to hear your comments. I mean, it means a lot. Like, I don't know, just doing all the things that me and Yananui are doing and our youth commission and everyone, you know, it's always, you know, we're here representing, we're here trying to show up, we're here trying to do our best. And so it's just nice, I don't know, hearing something every now and then. So I just like to say thank you so much. You know, stop and talk. It means a lot. It makes me happy. Thank you. We've got another caller on the line now, Angela, who is at the University of Oregon Native Student Union Center. Hello, Angela. Hi, everyone. Hi, Caleb. Uh, I just got into the office, so I'm the current reigning Miss Indigenous University of Oregon. And I miss home so much, so I tuned into this uh, show, and it's just so encouraging to hear you uh, on the other line taking up on the radio and I'm so proud of you and your youth commission and keep up the great work uh, we see you we stand by you and I hope to be in community with you again soon so good job you two we're very proud of you uh, thank you so much Angela Caleb it sounds like you and Angela know each other yeah we're a part of unity she's awesome she was a peer guide she did amazing like the things that she do with the other youth I I have to give her like a clap on the back or something like that. Like she did amazing just helping youth. You know, we have these healing circles that we do where they help train youth into like, you know, figure out different issues in the community and what they're going to do to solve them. And so I just have to say she's, she's great. She's great. Well, listeners, there's still time to get a call in for our youth leaders today. The number is 1-800-996-2848. If you'd like to give a shout-out, we'll get your comments on the air. That number again, 1-800-996-2848. You know, we, uh, NCI Youth Commission, obviously you folks are doing a lot, a lot of momentum there. But, of course, there are so many other youth organizations, native youth organizations, college campuses, uh, Caleb's with Unity, 
are you folks partnering with any of these other Native youth groups to, to push forward some of these initiatives you're working on? Yeah, well, I think that's what's so great about uh, the youth initiatives across the country is that we are allowed the space and capacity to collaborate. Um, just at this past conference, we collaborated with um, the CNAY's Champions for Change and had some really great events that were really um, mostly focused around leadership development and empowerment. Um, but we're, we're really looking forward to working on some of these issues together in the future. Um, and then I know, like, with my work at um, Cornell, I am, I'm always trying to bridge the gap between um, university and national um, institutions that provide support for youth. Uh, a lot of the work at um, Cornell, we, we work with ACEs, and we um, have our own initiatives. We work with a program, and so I don't see why um, NCAI wouldn't have the space to, to foster that collaboration as well. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of our support, it's so intersectional um, because we're working on higher education issues and um, just national issues of climate change and of, um, you know, VAWA and ICWA. And so the, the biggest way to establish um, numbers and establish a voice is, is with collaboration and building a community. And so we're really lucky that we have um, a fantastic advisor, Lisa Vandiver, who um, really provides us with great support and, and tries to foster those relationships with other organizations. Let's go back to the phones. We have Peter who is listening online in New York. Hi, Peter. Hey, Yanaloui. This is Peter. Pohila. MJ. And this is Colby. We're calling from Cornell to extend support to Yanaloui. All right. Uh, some Cornell Bears calling in to support uh, Yanaloui. Peter, are, are you and Yanaloui classmates? I understand she's cutting class right now to be on our show. Um, we're both, uh, from Akwesasne, but I don't believe I have any classes with her. Okay. I'm kidding. She's not cutting class. You know, you got permission to be on the show today, right? You got an excuse. I did. I did. Thanks for calling in guys. And you know, this is exactly what I mean. We have a great support and we have a great community here and I'm just really, really, um, really honored and thankful that, you know, I have friends and who support me and who encourage me. So thank you guys for tuning in. All right. That's Peter listening online in New York. And uh, we've got another caller, Joletta, listening up in North Dakota on station KMHA. Hi, Joletta. Hello. Hello. Hi. I wanted to uh, just encourage uh, you, Nanawi and Caleb, to continue what they're doing. Uh, it, it is such a, uh, it's, it's so refreshing, and it's it's such a bright light to hear uh, the younger generation of uh, our relatives speaking on really important issues that not only are we facing now, but they have decades of life to live. So it's really incumbent upon young people to step forward and speak out. And as you speak out, you're going to learn more. And I would encourage uh, young people across the country to <clears throat> submit public comments whenever you hear about uh, revisions or changes in federal regulations that have to do with the air or with water. That is so important. Get your, get your voice on record. 
because it's going to amount to something. The more that people speak up, the more that uh, decision-making is influenced. Thank you. Well, thank you, Joletta. Those are wise words coming from North Dakota. And um, Joletta raises some really good points about thinking about the future. And you know, I want to ask you, because here you and Caleb and others are working on issues like ICWA and climate change. And what, what do you envision? Tell me, how would you like the world and specifically Native communities such as your own, what would you like them to look like in 30 years when you become, you're, you're going to be my age, you'll be middle-aged and, and, and you'll be, you know, a stakeholder and you'll be making these decisions. You might be in a position of leadership. What do you want the world to look like and how's that going to work? Well, um, 30 years, I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing in the next year, but <laughs> I um, definitely would would love to see that our um, knowledge, indigenous knowledge or traditional ecological knowledge is um, a, a, a part a, a part of academia that is valued and um, and understood as um, valid valid valid. Um, and so that's like a huge part about um, getting our voice out there is how what's going to be the, the tactile change that we see is is how how we're functioning in academia and um, just knowledge in general, but also the youth, um, knowing that the youth have a voice in every single issue that we work on. Um, one one issue that I'm or one initiative that I'm working on back home is establishing a um, youth council seat or a youth seat on our um, Seneca Nation council, and so that we can um, advise and listen to and consult and um, consent to the issues that are affecting us, the issues that we care about. And so I want, I want to see that in every single tribal council. I want to see that on every single um, federal government um, initiative. I want to know that our youth are being heard and that they are being considered and consulted with. Um, so that would be a really great thing to see in the future is just like the, the validation um, behind knowledge and behind our youth. Caleb, I, I want to ask you, because when I hear you and Yunenui speak, and, and I'm so impressed, but I also think you, you guys are carrying a lot of weight in your shoulders. You have a lot of responsibility, and you definitely look at yourselves uh, as, as leaders and people that are taking on these huge responsibilities. And do you ever feel that there's too much pressure on young people like yourself with regard to some of these large global issues like we're talking about today? I... I honestly don't. You know, we as young people, we have a voice, and I like to say our voice is powerful because we're so young. But, you know, uh, one of the things that we have is all these issues that affect us and the generations to come. You know, we're going to be affected by climate change. We're, our kids are going to be affected by climate change, their kids. And so it's just a huge issue. And then you have things like ICWA, it affects the next generations to come, whether it Go, however, it turns out in the Supreme Court, and then you have, you know, VAWA that affects all the Missing American Indigenous women that have come before and the ones that will come after, which is sad to say, but things happen. And so, we as youth, you know, we need to help one another. You know, we're, we're our own support group. We have our elders that always cheer us up and 
support us. We have each other, one another. You know, we're, we're brothers and sisters. We're Hodge and we're all related, I like to think of it. Um, but, you know, we have one another, and that's that's enough, you know? Well, Caleb, earlier I asked about role models and mentors, and I want to ask you, do you mentor any younger people yourself? Uh, I have no clue. I just try to do my best, you know? I I do like helping, you know, teach some of our youth in the youth council, some of the songs we sing, some phrases or words, but I myself am not fluent or, you know, I never grew up in a very well-cultured home that's close to our our culture i had to learn a lot of things but i try to you know i try to help out my fellow youth whenever i can you know whether it's learning their introduction trying to learn a new song but i i don't know i i just try to do my best all righty well we're gonna have to wrap up here in about another minute caleb any listeners that want to learn more about you or follow you how can they do that uh, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Just look up Caleb Dash and you should see me there. Um, I also have, we have business cards on the Youth Commission. Um, I'm not sure if that was shared with you guys, but we could send it if you'd like. <laughs> okay. And Yunenui, how about you? How can our listeners follow? Yeah, um, I'm at Yanenui, my first name, Y-A-N-E-N-O-W-I, on Instagram. Um, if you look up, look me up, I'm sure you can find my contact information. Um, I'm always willing and um, excited to talk to other youth or just people who are willing to support and lend a hand. Um, so, yeah, find me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, Twitter. And does the Youth Commission have a website or a Facebook or anything? We have an Instagram um, at ncai.youth, and um, yeah, you can you can also message us there. Um, it's a little bit we're we're on the mend of building it up and making it a powerhouse of of youth initiatives. Well, that is all the time we have for our conversation today. I want to give a big thanks to our two guests, Yunenui Logan and Caleb Dash. Join us tomorrow as we talk about the legacy of the former Navajo Nation president Peterson Za. I'm Sean Spruce. We'll talk again soon. Program support by Amerind. For 35 years, Indian Country has put its trust in Amerind, providing insurance coverage, strengthening Native American communities, protecting tribal sovereignty, and keeping dollars in Indian Country are Amerind's priorities. More information on property, liability, workers' compensation, and commercial auto needs at Amerind.com. That's A-M-E-R-I-N-D dot com. Good day. If you are 45 years or older, it may be time to talk with a healthcare professional about colon cancer screening. Medicare, Medicaid, and the Marketplace have you covered. For more information, visit healthcare.gov or call 800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting 
with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.